MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please have a seat. Sit down, please. Please, please. Please have a seat, everybody. Down here, up there, out there, all around the world. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. First off, first off, congratulations, everybody. You did it. You made history just by being alive. Because according to United Nations projections, today the world's population hit 8 billion people. And yes, yes. And every single one of them will be at your airport gate the day before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Not everyone's in zone one. Not everyone's in zone one. This is all thanks to humanity spending the past decade buckling down, unbuckling their belts, and making the babies. Because a billion people were added to the world population in just the last 12 years. To which your parents said, and somehow, not one of them is my grandchild. (laughs) It must be so nice. It must be so nice for those billion people to show their billion friends their billion baby pictures. (laughs) That's okay. I understand. I'm sure a PhD is very nice. (laughs) Speaking of numbers, election results are still coming in. Last night, we got a huge one in the Arizona governor's race between Democratic candidate... (laughs) ..between Democratic candidate and professor gently letting you know you're wasting her office hours, Katie Hobbs... (laughs) And MAGA candidate, election denier, and unholy offspring... (laughs) ..and unholy offspring of human and Instagram filter, Carrie Lake. (laughs) After almost a week of counting votes, we finally got word that Hobbs has defeated Lake. There you go. Very nice. Nice way to start the day. And the the nice thing is this situation is win-win, because Hobbs won, and Carrie Lake is going to claim she did. Here's Lake, just before the race in question was called, calling the race into question. I don't believe that people of Arizona would vote for her and that she would win. But if that's what happens at the end of the day, how do you certify an election that is this botched? I'd like to respond to Carrie Lake on the gauzy style she's accustomed to. They... (laughs) They did vote for her, and she did win, you fascist hologram. Lake's defeat is especially good because she modeled herself after the former president, even going so far as to disparage the late Arizona Senator John McCain, calling him a loser. You can't... You can't insult a beloved Arizona icon like that. You might as well run on the slogans, I've seen grander canyons, and I prefer heat that is wet. It's a dry heat. It's all right, it's all right, that's fine. The dry heat. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You'll go home and go, oh, that was funny. (laughs) Delayed reaction. One one election we still don't know the result of is in Georgia, where there's a Senate runoff between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Yesterday, at a campaign rally, Walker took a swing at what, to his understanding, is the Green New Deal. 
If we was ready for the green agenda, I'll raise my hand right now, but we're not ready right now. So don't let them fool you like this is a new agenda. This is not a new agenda. We're not prepared. We're not ready right now. What we need to do is keep having those gas guzzling cars because we got the good emission out of those cars. Yes. We've got good emissions out of those cars, and he ought to know because it really sounds like he's been huffing them. <laughs> now, it should go without saying, based on a true story, Jokes based on a true story. It should go without saying that Herschel's statement, whatever that was, contradicts the scientific consensus on greenhouse gases. If we don't cut back on our emissions, we're not going to be able to look our children in the eye. And if you're Herschel Walker, that doesn't leave you with many places to look. <laughs> He's the reason we hate eight billion so fast. So we're almost finished. Are we almost finished? We're almost finished with the 2022 election, and it's a good thing because we've already started the 2024 election thanks to an announcement tonight by former president Caligula. Duh. <laughs> now, we, we taped this show earlier. Did we? Yes, we taped this show earlier. So I can't confirm this announcement has actually already happened. The announcement was set to be at Mar-a-Lago, so the FBI could have burst in and seized his teleprompter. But <laughs> everybody is expecting him to announce his third presidential bid. Yes. It's the third time. The third time, or as it's known at his house, the Melania. <laughs> now, what I want everybody to do, is this earlier? This is earlier. It is, it is earlier right now. Now, I want everybody to breathe. He might not even be the GOP nominee. It could be Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Someday, those are going to be boos of relief. Prior to his announcement, the ex-president put out a teaser. True thing, hopefully today will turn out to be one of the most important days in the history of our country. And it is. Because today, November 15th, is National Recycling Day. Yeah. yeah. Give it up. Do the right thing. Yes. Thank you, Joe. Which is why we're recycling a piece of trash we threw out two years ago. The former president... Dancing with that chicken. Dancing with that chicken. <laughs> I'll explain it later. The former president also reposted this query from a fan. Why would a billionaire who has it all, fame, fortune, a warm and loving family, friends, etc., want to endanger himself by becoming POTUS? Because he's on the run from the law? <laughs> no? We don't know? Of course, the former president is still digging his way out of all the lawsuits from his first term. For instance, he's suing to be reinstated on Twitter, and you'll never guess who his lawyers are comparing him to. Galileo! Galileo! Yes. They're comparing him to astronomer Galileo. I get the resemblance. They both like to stare at the sun. In a filing, his lawyers argued... Crackpot ideas sometimes turn out to be true. The Earth does revolve around the sun, and it was Hunter Biden, not Russian disinformation agents, who dropped off a laptop full of incriminating evidence at a repair shop in Delaware. Well said. All great discoveries start as conspiracy theories. Thomas Edison only invented the light bulb so he could finally see that Sasquatch sneaking up on him. <laughs> but this isn't even the former president's weirdest claim of the week, because in the lawsuit, about all those classified documents. He, he, he got down there in uh, Mar-a-Lago. He takes this bold stand. 
A president gets to decide whether records from his White House are personal documents and that he had decided that all the records he took to Mar-a-Lago were, in fact, his personal property. That is the legal argument of a toddler. <laughs> Your Honor, my client pleads, mine, 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 they're mine. I want a balloon, I want a balloon, I want a balloon, mine. I want a balloon. I want a balloon, 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 I want a balloon. The defense rests because he has a boom boom in his pants. 2024 won't just be the next presidential election, it'll also be the Summer Olympics in Paris. And yesterday, the French unveiled the Olympic mascot. Normally, these things are pretty silly looking, but France is the home of art and fashion. Matisse, Chanel, Dijon. So. Behold, Le Mascot de la France will be. <laughs> I want to say dancing blood drops, uh, plushy the uterus. <laughs> In reality, turns out, there's supposed to be a Phrygian cap, which was a symbol of the pursuit of liberty in the French Revolution. The two have a combined name, Les Friges. Don't worry if you don't spriken the French, because as one fan of the hats pointed out, it will be sexy to have people from all over the world try to pronounce the name in their own way. Oh, of course. Mais oui. Because nothing is sexier than an American mispronouncing French. My favorite meal? Palmes Fritz. My favorite museum? La Louvre. My favorite actor? Timothée Schamburgler. The sad thing is, that it's France. They had so many great mascot options to choose from. I would have gone with Baggity and Cigaretti. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, John Stewart. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is a TV show host, stand-up comedian, and aspiring drummer. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jon Stewart. In sync. Lovely to see like you Like the old days. It's so beautiful to see you. You have not been here in, 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 uh, in a minute. Last, Last time, time I was here, it went great. I think, I think it did is the thing. We it, had, we had it a... It went great. We had a, uh, 
energetic spirited. disagreement. It was spirited. Spirited disagreement over uh, how certain you could be about the origin of that, the coronavirus, that's, shall we that's say. That's right. And let me just say this. Apology accepted. <laughs> Here's the thing. People, people honestly thought that you and I were fighting. And I want to point out... We, I don't know that we've ever had a fight. In, I've known you how long? 20 years? 25 20, years? 1999. I don't so know. 23 we... years. I don't think we've ever actually had a Donnybrook. No. No. None of that. Right. We haven't even had... I have said things like, you can't wear a tie. But... <laughs> that's not an argument. No. That's just disappointment. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, I we haven't... I want to point out, that. you wore a tie last time. I did wear a tie you last time. You wore a tie time. last time. Let me tell you... But something. look, wait a second. Oh, Let me boy. just point something out. That's so true. there's you... Talking about the origins, and look who's having the best time of his life. Look how happy I, I am. So Behind you, look, you know what that is? That is just, that is joy, that is pure love right there. Look at my little boy on TV is all I'm thinking. The, the most response I got, other than you uh, racist conspiracy piece of was um, uh, how old. People thought I, I looked very old, and so I got of, oh, look, it's John Bon Jovi's dad. We have to take a quick break. Oh, But we'll oh, be right back with okay. more Mr. John Stewart, everybody. Thanks. Stick around. Hey, everybody. We're back here with the host of The Problem with John Stewart. John Stewart. John Stewart. Mm, mm. I want to I I talk to you about something. We, we, you and I had a, a, a fascinating conversation last yes. week. It was actually, I think it was the day after the election. I think it was Wednesday, because mm. I called you up on the drive-in to go, hey, how about that last night? Not, not what we thought. Like, wasn't a rising tide of fascism. Perhaps the tide wasn't as rising as fast as we thought. Kind of nice, everything. But got to say, though, not great to see a lot of sort of uh, updrafting of some, you know, uh, casual anti-Semitism or some sort of old kind of Kabbalistic conspiracy theories well, out there. The Jews, and you were like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's so the great. Jews are... So, so last week, it was after the, there was the Kanye situation and then obviously the, the Kyrie situation. And after the Kyrie situation, Kyrie Irving, uh, on Twitter was trending the Jews. It was just the, for the words the Jews mm -hmm. uh, trending on Twitter. Yeah. And so it was, it was bittersweet. Because it's always nice to trend on Twitter. I mean, that... It's never bad. Uh, it's yeah. never bad, but it's never... I knew that if I checked it, it wasn't going to be like, the Jews bought everyone ice cream. Like, I knew it wasn't going to be... Yes. The Jews, ABC's new hit sitcom. That's right. Uh, but because it was Kyrie and it was about the Nets, the Jews was trending under sports, which, for us... Nice. That's a win. Never happened before. Yeah. Sandy you know, Koufax and then this. Sandy Koufax, then it was like 50 years, and then, and then this trended. It's, look, I'm, you know, as our spokes Jew, and uh, <laughs> we hear you, the people out there, and we know, you know, the power and control that the Jews have uh, collectively, because we, that's how we wield it. Sure. It's all unanimous decision. Correct. Uh, I'm not on all the committees, and, uh, but... Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know who ended uh, Kanye's Adidas deal. That wasn't my committee. I'm on uh, oil, uh, oil prices and bagel flavors. <laughs> I do bagel flavors. By the way, and I say this to all you out there who enjoy bagels, uh, Blueberry was a rogue committee. That was not us. I don't know where that came from. Mm -hmm. But 
uh, in terms of uh, controlling, obviously, uh, the world. Um, sorry. It's my hope in my lifetime, and we hear this, but it is my sincere hope that in my lifetime I do get to see a Christian president. I, I hope that... I hope that just... I think America's ready for it. To see a president stand up and swear in, maybe on, and I say this with no regret, on a Bible. <laughs> Jews have controlled it for too long. And so it would, it would be our honor to allow you one four-year term. Just... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. The, uh, uh, you know, first of all, the Kanye thing, I think everybody, he can be erratic and he says things, and that didn't surprise me. The Kyrie thing surprised me a bit. You don't expect to get it from someone named Irving. Really thought he was one of ours. <laughs> well, no, you're, very listen, it's, you're very generous. It's, you're very generous, I gotta say. Thank you. And there's a lot, everybody wants to say now, now, I, everybody obviously calls me and you say, like, do you see Dave on SNL? And I'm like, yes, we're very good friends. I always watch and send nice texts. Well, he normalized anti Semitism with the monologue. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if you've been on comment sections on most news articles, but uh, it's pretty normal. Like, anti semitic I mean, I, I, as you know, it's, it's incredibly normal. But the one thing I will say is, I don't believe that censorship and, and penalties are the way to end anti-Semitism or to not gain understanding. I don't believe in that. And I think it's the wrong way for us to approach it. Kyrie Irving, they suspended him from playing basketball. If you want to punish this man, send him to the Knicks. I think that would be... <laughs> because I look at it like this. Anti-Semitic? Perhaps. But he can create his own shot. And that's what we're looking for. No, but in, in, in all seriousness, you know, penalizing somebody for having a thought I don't think is the way to change their minds or, or gain understanding. This is a grown-ass man. And the idea that you would say to him, we're going to put you in a timeout. You have to sit in the corner and stare at the wall until you no longer believe that the Jews control the international banking system. Like, we have to get past this in the country, the ability to... Look, people think this. People think Jews control Hollywood. People think Jews control the banks, and to pretend that they don't, and to not deal with it in a straightforward manner, we will never gain any kind of understanding with each other. Well, what do you imagine a more straightforward manner would be? Because people, people have the right to say whatever they want. I've said that, you know, also any comic has a right to say anything sure. they want, and they'll probably find an audience for that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's been borne out the last few years. Right. But So what is the response? What, what is the response? So, because people have the right to have a negative reaction to what people say on stage. 
I've gotten it a million times. You've gotten it a million times. Sure, absolutely. So what do you imagine a response is to something? If people perceive anti-Semitism in someone's... In, well, into what all, Kyrie Irving posts, right. or uh, what Kanye says, or what Dave said on Saturday night, what do you think a, a good response well, first would of all, be? I think just reflexively naming things anti-Semitism is as reductive as some of the things that they might be saying. It immediately shuts down a conversation. I, I would the, say that people said that they perceived uh, a, a, a promulgation of, even if, if with a comedic intention, a promulgation of anti-Semitic tropes. That doesn't mean the person is an anti-Semite. Comedy is, is reductive. And I think part of what it is is we play with tropes because everyone has prejudice in their lives and, and in the way that they view things. And comics rely on those prejudices as a shorthand for our material. Even the wokest of comics plays with tropes to a certain extent. But my point is the most interesting thing to come out of this, in my mind, was something Kanye said on his, uh, on his tour that he was doing after he said that, and then he got interviewed by five, you know, different people uh, because the media model is arson and conflict. Um, He said something fascinating in my mind. He said, hurt people hurt people. And if the point of all this is then to heal people, the only way to heal a wound is to open it up and cleanse it. And that stings, that hurts. But you have to expose it to air. And I'm afraid that the general tenor of conversation in this country is cover it up, bury it, put it to the outskirts, and don't deal with it. And what I would say is, you know, look at it from a a black perspective. It's a culture that feels that its wealth has been extracted by different groups. Whites, Jews, things. Whether it's true or not isn't the issue. That's the feeling in that community. And if you don't understand that that's where it's coming from, then you can't deal with it and you can't sit down with them and explain that being in an industry isn't the same as having a nefarious and controlling interest in that industry and intention, right? And that's been the anti-Semitic trope. But you need to be able to meet people from what their community is feeling as well. So... In terms of dealing with it, as I said before, the way you might be able to deal with it is to say, okay, let me try to understand why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Let me try to deconstruct... That's right. With, ...with facts, why that is not the case. That's right. And, but if you can't do that, if you're not allowed to say it... You know, Dave said something in the SNL monologue that I thought was instructive as well, which he says it shouldn't be this hard to talk about things. And that is what we're talking about. Look, I can't pretend that there aren't ton of people in this country and this world who believe that the Jews have an unreasonable amount of control over the systems and they wield it as puppet masters. I'm called anti-Semitic because I'm against Israel's treatment of Palestinians. I'm called other things from other people based on other opinions that I have. But those shut down debate they're used as a cudgel. And whether it be comedy or discussion or anything else, if we don't have the wherewithal to meet each other with what's reality, then how do we, how do we move forward, is, is my question. I don't enjoy it. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, when, when people I admire, whose music I like or things like that, come out and say, 
how many of you are in show business? You know, here's the deal. We have our own tropes, like a white person's success is because of privilege. A minority's success is empowerment. A Jew's success, that's a conspiracy. You feel that. I feel that. But I have to be able to express that to people. If I can't say that's bull and explain why, then where do we go? And if we all just shut it down, then we retreat to our little corners of misinformation and it metastasizes. And the whole point of all this is to not let it metastasize and to get it out in the air and talk about it. Like, like I know you don't like Jews. I see it in your eyes. <laughs> Really just one of you. <laughs> Bet Midler? Um, no, I mean, the other side of it is, you know, look, if you don't want us around, write your own Broadway shows. Well, John. Does that make sense? I know you John, disagree with this. Uh, I, you know what, John? I don't disagree with you. Really? Oh, as I said to you... Are you Stephen Colbert? Yes. I, I, I don't with the blue check system that Elon Musk has, I don't yeah. know who's who anymore. I don't disagree with you, John. I just wanted to say that I condemn anti-Semitism in all of its forms, <laughs> and I stand with all of my friends in the Jewish community. A counterpoint. <laughs> we have to take another break, but we'll be right back with more Mr. John Stewart. so happy, it's because the man sitting right there, Mr. John Stewart, host of The Problem with John Stewart, John Stewart. John Stewart, in August, Congress finally passed the PACT Act. Yes. Okay, which you had worked on uh, yes. for a long time. <laughs> you attended the White House bill signing. There's the president. There's you right hey, there. There's you right there. Yeah, wonderful you, moment. You attended the White House. Moment. You love attention. I know you yes. love attention. Love it, baby. So... <laughs> you doing that, like being involved in that, what did you learn about the sausage being made? But not your first rodeo down there. It's not my first rodeo down in Washington. And here's what I'm going to tell the people. And I know you're concerned about our democracy and you're concerned about our government. And I will tell you this, and this is why you can sleep well at night. This country is held together by hundreds of unbelievably talented and hardworking legislative aides who are the first people in and the last people out at night. Yep. And they... They're doing it. I'm not going to lie to you, their bosses, senators and congresspeople oftentimes have no idea what they're reading or what they're voting on. You know, when you're in the, the Senate chamber, you can't have your phone. Okay. And you can't really make noise. So the only thing you can do with the other people that you've been working with is imitate each senator <laughs> as they walk in. And there's no one better than Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders came in and he just starts wandering. No one else is in the chamber, and he's just lifting up desks. And so the whole time I'm up there going, oh, there's got to be something in here somewhere. Oh. And my throat is parched. Is there a lozenge? Can I get a lozenge in this? Uh, looking around. Oh, 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 Senator Schumer has th three yarmulkes? What? Oh. And he goes he around... He found his desk when he opened it up, and it was full of soup. He was... <laughs> 
He comes around, and so everybody is, is we're, all, we're all laughing. He comes around to the final desk, he opens it up, and I swear to you, he reaches in and he pulls out a hard candy. <laughs> and in that moment, I thought to myself, God bless America. <laughs> it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing to I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind playing us out tonight. You don't have to ask me twice. New episodes of The Problem with Jon Stewart are available on Apple TV+. Jon Stewart, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.